Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, let's talk about the, uh, the, the situation with the trucker blockades uh, back east, especially in the city of Ottawa at the Detroit-Windsor border crossing. Man- this is, Manitoba this, border now? This is really ratcheting up. Like, the pressure is building here now. Because now you've got sort of auto manufacturing plants in Ontario have, have had to shut down or scale back some of their operations because they can't get their parts through well, the border. It's it's definitely spreading. It was interesting. We had a story on Global National last night. I think Jackson Prosco did it uh, about how the Republican, the sort of the right wing arm of the Republican Party, seized upon this in the states and are now trying to organize potentially a blockade of Washington D.C. on March first. I think when Biden comes in to deliver his State of the Union address. Wow. Uh, there and like a trucker blockade. Sort of copy, yeah. copycat it. Copycat. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of American money flowing into this protest. Uh, and they've seen this. They say, hmm, this is, this is going to be effective. And I think it's you know, it, innovative research uh, from Greg Lau's pollster company had a poll out yesterday uh, or out today that shows opposition to the blockade is growing, but so is dissatisfaction with government response. Yeah. So it's uh, no one's no one's winning here. The conservatives, the liberals are not winning this this battle. The the public is getting frustrated and angry, but nobody seems to have a solution. Okay, let's listen to a couple of clips now. I think it's really interesting that the the federal conservatives who had, had backed the truckers earlier mm-hmm. this morning now now with these blockade these blockades at the border, they are now asking the truckers to stand down as well. So Candace Bergen, the new interim leader of the Conservative Party, here she is speaking this morning in the House of Commons. The economy you want to see reopen is hurting. Farmers, manufacturers, small businesses and families are suffering. I believe this is not what you want to do. We must all work together. You are protesting because you love your country and you want your freedom back. To the protesters here in Ottawa, you came bringing a message. That message has been heard. Okay, so earlier, standing by the truckers there, you still you still hear her supporting them and their cause, but asking them to stand down. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to go home. Well, the, the board, uh, the uh, downtown Ottawa is one situation. That Ambassador yeah. Bridge and the border. Now we've got a blockade in the Manitoba border. When they start again stopping the flow of goods, that starts to cripple the economy. Yeah. So, but again, who knows what? I mean, I still think eventually it's either wait them out through the spring or the army's going to come in. You, you, you know, you start to think that this had been off the table earlier, mm-hmm. but once you start talking about a blockade at borders, border crossings, I'm not sure what how many cards are left to play in Trudeau's hand. Let me, let me play a clip here from, from Justin Trudeau. Ask, what is he going to do about these blockades? Here's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Secondly, he talks about empty grocery store shelves. He talks about disruptions to supply chains. The reality is, Mr. Speaker, right now, people in Windsor are suffering and losing their jobs because they can't get auto parts across the Ambassador Bridge. People in Alberta are seeing shelves empty because they can't get deliveries across the Coots border crossing. And this Conservative Party that supports these blockades won't even stand up and say, enough is enough. It's time to go home. Okay, well, now the, the Conservatives are saying it's time to go home to the truckers. I haven't heard, I haven't heard Pierre Poliev yet. You know, he's, Polia, a Polia, he's, a, he's a leadership candidate. Yeah, Poliev have been saying that this shows that freedom is winning so yeah, far, so, that some of the restrictions are being dropped. I'm, I think there's a difference between Poliev and Bergen. Yeah. but So Jason Kenney announced the vaccine um, passports are ending, vaccine mandates are ending in Alberta. That's not enough to appease the truckers blocking the border down in Coots. So I'm not not entirely clear what they're looking for. I mean, so, so they wanted all mandates dropped. Well, 
Alberta, well, certainly Alberta has dropped theirs now. The federal, the border one is a federal responsibility. Yeah. Um, but again, Trudeau could end the the requirement, the exemption uh, t- today, but it doesn't matter because Biden, the U.S. still has their uh, uh, vaccination requirement Trudeau, on the border. Trudeau looks a little bit like a, a deer in the headlights to me right now. I, I'm not sure he he really knows himself. Well, what's, what's the best move here? I don't think he has a solution. Otherwise, I think he would have telegraphed it. I mean, he no. ruled out the army last week or the week before, but it wasn't. It didn't have a finality to the tone of that. So I still think that's a card in his back pocket. Right. Now, you see the Ottawa police talking tougher. This morning, they issued a warning to the truckers that are blockading downtown Ottawa, saying, like, look, if you don't clear out, uh, we could arrest you. We could confiscate your truck. There will be there will be consequences. Now that's well, just a war, like a warning, a written warning so far. You've had Matt Gurney on yeah. on the show, right? He's got an interesting piece on uh, online um, where he's gone into the camps, into the protest camps, and done some fairly deep dive into who's there. And he basically says there's different groups in there, and there's one group he says is fairly right wing and sees this as the ultimate take on the government uh, protest. Got nothing to do with vaccines. Nothing to do with with border exemptions or, or whatever, border requirements, it's basically take on the government. And, uh, and it, again, his source, his police sources say they don't really know how to deal with that. Okay, we're watching it very closely, to say the least, and there's a lot of pressure here building on the Trudeau government here to, to respond, and we'll see what they do. Uh, let me ask you about the announcements yesterday from Dr. Bonnie Henry. We see some provinces relaxing restrictions, notably mm-hmm. Alberta, Saskatchewan. But it seems like British Columbia, at least right now, going the other way, right? Like she announced some new restrictions yesterday. Well, uh, an expansion of the mandate for other healthcare workers, which was, which was actually announced in October, where there's served notice. If you work in healthcare, you have to get vaccinated. But the first wave of workers were those who worked in acute care hospitals or long term care. But notice was given to every other health professional. It's coming. And so it was announced yesterday okay, here's the date, March 24th. If you work in healthcare, if you're a chiropractor, chiropractors are notoriously opposed to vaccinations, and we'll see if uh, if they not all of them are opposed, but their their professional the, association at one point put out a statement on it. Right? Well, they had that annual meeting where half the half the membership uh, were opposed to the the vaccine, so they've been yeah. notorious through time being opposed to vaccination. Not all, but yeah. a significant number of them. But we'll see. I mean, there's 29 occupations listed, um, and a lot of these people were covered anyways because a lot of people. Uh, may have a private practice, but they work in a hospital. They have hospital privileges. If you have hospital privileges, you had to be vaccinated back in the first uh, uh, public health order. But uh, next Tuesday, we expect to get an announcement of lifting restrictions to varying degrees in B.C. And I'm not, we're not going to follow Alberta and Saskatchewan. I mean, Jason Kenney declared the pandemic over uh, for the Cal- Calgary Stampede. So I'm not sure Alberta is going to be the Well, lead. if you take a look at what Alberta and Saskatchewan are doing, like they're dropping mask mandates, yep. they are dropping the vaccine card, the vaccine passport. Do you anticipate that that could happen in British Columbia next week? No. I think uh, we're going to see a re- easing of the uh, capacity rules so you can have wedding receptions and, and celebrations of life. Uh, more larger gatherings, but I think the mask rule will stay for a while. I think the uh, passport uh, card will stay. Right now it stays to June 30th. I get the feeling from talking to Dr. Henry and Adrian, that's going to be lifted earlier than June 30th. I don't think it's going to be extended. It's going to be earlier. Okay, let me ask you real quickly about a story we started the show with today, and that is the the chronically congested Massey Tunnel. So the B.C. government now announcing a series of contracts that they've just approved for Mm -hmm. some of the preliminary work to build a new tunnel. So an eight-lane tunnel, a new one, sunk to the bottom of the Fraser River, 
$4 billion plus. Transportation Minister Rob Fleming now announcing $56 million worth of preliminary contracts for engineering, mm-hmm. environmental assessments. Now, the Liberals continue to say, uh, Falcon told me this week, he doesn't think that tunnel will get built. It's going to be too environmentally complex. The, the NDP mm-hmm. will bungle it. It won't happen. He wants to go back to plan A, build a bridge instead. You know, it's interesting. The, that bridge was unpopular in Richmond because it was yeah. so massive. Remember the remember the one of the analysis was it blocked out the sun for an yeah. entire neighborhood. It's a huge bridge. It's a huge Ten-lane bridge. bridge. It might have been okay if you lived in Delta, but in, the people of Richmond didn't like it. Uh, Mayor Malcolm Brody ardently opposed to it. NDP now owns Richmond electorally, and I wonder if uh, the bridge idea is going to prevent the Liberals from regaining that ter- that turf. Okay. All right. Welcome back to the show. Phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Darren in Richmond. Hi, Darren. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. I just had a question for uh, Keith and you guys. What's going on with the schools and why are kids still wearing masks? This disease doesn't really affect them at all. And to try to push an experimental vaccine on these little kids is really, really reprehensible. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, so there's millions of kids uh, vaccinated with no um, side effects or, you know. I wouldn't uh, call it an experimental no, vaccine. No, it's, it's not an experimental vaccine, so let's walk how away many, from that. How many doses of this vaccine have they given out around the world? Around, well, Billions? Just in, in B.C., it's 11 million. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's millions of kids uh, be, over the age of five who've got, received this vaccine. It's not experimental. Yeah. In terms of masks in schools, that's a, it's, it's an ongoing question. Who knows? Um, I think that's going to continue for probably the rest of this school year. It was interesting, Dr. Henry, yesterday, reminding us that uh, the Omicron variant and the next variant, whatever it is, is not going to disappear. Hopefully, it's, it, it uh, mutates to the point of it weakening as the Spanish flu did. But we could go into next fall and start this all over again. As the next respiratory illness season kicks around, c- comes around, we could go back to uh, restrictions. We could go back to um, uh, you know measures that we're now easing out of. So just because Alberta and Saskatchewan did what they did, keep in mind Jason Kenney abandoned everything back at the Calgary Stampede, and he had to reverse himself because cases went sideways. Now, I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think we are. I know Ontario's hospitalizations are really coming down quickly. So is Washington State's. Ours dropped by almost 100 yesterday, which is great news. But we're still about 100 people a day are testing positive for COVID-19 in BC hospitals. It doesn't mean they're sick with COVID. About half yeah. of them are in there for operations that have nothing to do with COVID. But it looks like our, or our, our positivity rate is going down. Our hospitalization rate seems to be stable and going down. Our ICU number is hovering around 140. It's not going up a lot. And that paves the way for easing restrictions. But masks in schools, I think we're probably going to stick with that for a while. Let's go to Rick in Port Moody. Hi, Rick. What do you think? Hi, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. You know, this really is a political football for Trudeau and, and all politicians to handle, really. Um, it's safe to say that most uh, protests in the past have kind of been on the left side of things. This is one on the right. Now, however they're mm. going to handle this, whatever they do is going to have to be the benchmark now that they handle all protests with. And the quagmire that they're going to be up against is an example would be like the Wet'suwet'en that we're doing all the blocking and it's Mm -hmm. now you're dealing with different groups of people. Regardless of that, they're going to be held up to the same standards that are finally incorporated into how they handle this group of truckers. So I can understand why they're being very, very careful because a lot of, you know, Trudeau's side is is left, center-left thinking. Mm -hmm. And if he would have to resort to those, you know, imagine if if they would be saying the same 
things about um, bringing in the army against the uh, the native people that were. Uh, well, that happened at Oka. They brought in the yeah, they brought in the army there. Yep. I mean, I think. Thank you for a good call. I think the that's a good um, point, though. This is a, this is a, a right wing conservative protest, and we are used to more left wing protest. Well, especially when it comes to blockade, activist protest. Remember the rail blockade? Sure. You know that was definitely a left wing um, blockade. Well, so, I think that the fear for Trudeau and for certainly by the the Ottawa police chief who said it right out was that he is worried about this thing escalating. And possibly resulting in in deadly violence yep. that people could get killed seems to be a valid concern. I mean, yeah. they are worried about police officers. This is one reason I think you know the police, Ottawa police are, are going slowly here. They are concerned that their members run the risk of physical violence. Yeah, and potentially they don't want to escalate it. No, um, which I which I, is understandable. But at some point. Like, does it reach a tipping point where you, you can't tolerate the borders being shut down? No. Nope. So, Rose and Langley. Hi, Rose. What do you think? Hi, Rose. Hi, Rose. Rose, go ahead. All right. Snooze, you lose there. Daryl in Coquitlam. Hi, Daryl. Go ahead. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to call in and get your opinions on... When you're speaking with Adrian Dix, the health care system in British Columbia has been underfunded for decades by all governments. And what are their plans to start ramping it up? A classic example is we've got hundreds of foreign-trained doctors here and nurses and even Canadians who were trained abroad that can't practice. And, yeah. and, and, and they're, they're underfunding hospitals. They're underfunding uh, uh, operations. Mm. When are they going to get this thing rolling? Because there will be another pandemic. Thanks for the call. Well, I mean... Great call, but that call could have been made back in 1990s, 1980s. I mean, this issue's been around forever. So, you know, government has so much money. The healthcare eats up an increasingly higher percentage of, of government spending every year. Sure. But it's never enough. We yeah. never have enough doctors. I mean, we've got a, a, a family doctor situation, and even uh, clinic doctors right now. In Victoria, we closed three clinics. Yeah. Um, so the fee-for-service model, for example is increasingly disliked by doctors, and doctors are leaving the public system to go to a private system because they think it's more, it's more workable, it's, more, it's easier work life. And that's just one of the many problems facing healthcare, and the pandemic has just highlighted the ongoing problems in terms of funding and resources. Okay, I've got the president of Doctors of BC on the show later mm -hmm. today on that precise point. Make sure you stick around for that. Let's go to, um, we try and Rose again? Rose, we'll try Rose again. Rose and Langley. Hi, Rose. Hi. Hi. Go ahead, Rose. You got thirty seconds, okay? Yep. Just a quick question. I'd like to know when you think about the convoy in Ottawa, when is the government and mainstream media going to stop and listen to the people of Canada? We are not being heard. We get shut out, and we have a premier that is hiding behind some form of security without, instead of coming out and listening to his people. When is okay, well, I, I think maybe well, I, maybe you're talking. I don't know if you're talking about Horgan there, but maybe you're talking about thinking about Trudeau. But we've talked about the blockades every day on the show yeah. here this week. So yeah, I don't know what your point is. And, and the public is not uh, the majority of the public is not supportive of the convoy. I'm sorry. I mean, poll after poll after poll is two thirds opposed. Well, there's so one no. third that supports it though, which yep. is significant. But that's not a majority. Yeah. 